Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description of this video online at fellowshipgj.com or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring this message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. y'all being so sweet. The series is called Unbothered, and I walked in this morning doing really good. But I like to get here early, and I like to make sure everybody's awake, so I give people a hard time, get them to respond. I go back to the sound booth, the lighting booth where the technicians are, and uh, I, I mention to them, I just say to them something funny. We're picking on each other. I say this. I say, hey, you're the front of the lights there. I say, when I step up there, I want you to adjust the lights it'll make, that will make me look thinner and younger. And the guy who runs our tech department back here named Jackson Smith says this. He says, I think the only way that we can do that is that when you step up there, we're just going to have to turn them off. It didn't bother me. Unbothered. Was it possible to be unbothered in the times in which you and I live? Is it possible for you and I to do life unbothered when the enemy's attacking our personal life and it feels like our personal world is in turmoil? Well, according to God's word, we can. Now, not everybody can, but God's kids can. Instructions are given to us in the book of Isaiah, chapter 26 and verse 3. This is the main verse that, we're, that goes along with the series where the writer says this, you, talking about God, will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. So this is a conditional prayer. It's a conditional promise. If you trust God, God will keep you in perfect peace. But he goes on to say, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So if we trust God, we keep our thoughts in the middle of all of this chaos and everything going on, fixed on our Heavenly Father, we can do a life unbothered. Now, what we're not seeing in this series uh, is that you shouldn't get angry when things happen in our community or things happen in our culture. They're absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely. Last week, Pastor Tim talked about these, uh, these times that we're going through, these unstable times that we're going through, and he spent the first 10 to 12 minutes talking about the things that bothered him, right? So there are things that are going to bother us, absolutely. But what we are saying is this isn't our home. We are temporary residents here. We are part of God's kingdom. We're leaving here soon. This life isn't going to last very long. So we can go ahead, yeah, and live the kind of life God wants us to live. We can live a life that's filled with joy, filled with happiness. We can be optimistic. We can be a people and a, that are filled with the peace of God that passes all understanding. And we can be very, very confident in doing so. What I'm saying is in this series, you don't have to be like everybody else. You don't have to, because of what's happening around you, become pessimistic. You don't have to become angry. You don't have to be an unhappy person uh, going through this life and just be miserable as you get older. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about being unbothered. Last week, Pastor Tim talked about being unbothered 
in, in these, these times and seasons in which we live. Today, I want to talk to you about your personal life. I want to talk to you about how to have personal peace in your personal life when your personal life is in turmoil. How about that? How to have personal peace in your personal life when your personal life is in turmoil. And you go, I don't even know how that can happen. Well, I'll tell you how. It starts by understanding that salvation was not just a get-out-of-hell-free card. It's your salvation was you beginning a relationship with the God of everything, the God of this universe, the God that knows everything, the God that is all-powerful and can do anything, and the God who is everywhere at one time and who loves you, who has forgiven you, and wants to come alongside of you to do life with you. It is that God. It is your God that you can bring right into the middle of any situation that you are dealing with in this life by doing the same thing that started your salvation. Pray. That's the power that we have as his children. And many of God's children don't tap into that. They look at God's salvation plan as a get-out-of-hell-free card, and then they try to do a lot of this life on their own. Well, the Bible says pray without ceasing. The Bible says pray about everything. And a lot of people tell me, I don't want to pray about that. That's not big enough to, you know, worry God with. Well, you pray about everything to keep something small from becoming something very big in your life. Or to keep something, or to make something that, you know, uh, that, that needs to be bigger in your life flourish and, and be filled with prosperity. So God says that we're to pray without ceasing. God said we're to pray about everything. But when I talk to people... I find out that prayer is not really a continuous conversation that most of God's kids have. And that's sad because that is not the kind of relationship that God wants you to have with him. God wants you to have a relationship in constant communication with him. It's like I talked to Bubba. Bubba, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm going to work right now. I turn right around and go, God be with Bubba as he goes to work. Bless him and protect him. It's a conversation that just goes in and out as we're talking to other people. This is what the disciples were learning in a movie clip or one of the clips to the series called The Chosen. By the way, and I'm going back to one of those clips today, uh, it is one of the best TV series, and it is the best TV series that Ann and I have ever seen together. We have laughed watching it. We have cried watching it. We've gone back and watched it, uh, different ones of them over and over again. We are all the way through season three of The Chosen. We can't wait till season four comes out. How many of you are watching The Chosen or have watched some of the episodes? How many of you are all the way through season three? Would you raise your hand? Oh, my goodness, the last episode of season three, bawling tears just coming down. I'm telling you, it's incredible. Well, this particular clip that you are about to see on the topic of prayer, Jesus is teaching his disciples the importance of it. They ask him, and it's cool. I don't really need to set it up. Jesus is taken off by the soldiers. He's coming back to where the disciples are, uh, the zealot. Is standing out there. He sees Jesus coming. They all run to him. This is what happens. Come on. He's back. Teacher, are you hurt? What happened? Well, I suppose I should not be surprised that you would spot me. Oh, Rabbi, are you safe? They want to follow you? Yes, I'm safe. And they just wanted to talk. I'm very happy. <laughs> I'm glad, Matthew. Just talk? 
Quintus wanted to talk, yes. The Romans, they don't find me much of a threat, which is fine. Hopefully that'll change soon. So, what were you doing out here? Praying, John. Remember, there's a big event to prepare for. Rabbi, with all due respect, you couldn't have told us that you were back first? You were grabbed by Roman soldiers with weapons. We were all worried sick. Did I not tell you that I would be back? And to keep planning? We're all going to have to learn how to do this, regardless of what's happening, good or bad. Things are only going to get more difficult. You can't just shut down when you're fearful. And what are you going to do when I'm no longer here? Yes, we are still figuring this out. Yes, but we can do better. We, we will do better. Rabbi, Philip said the baptizer gave his followers a prayer in addition to the daily traditional prayers. Perhaps you could do the same. Yes, I'd like to learn more about what you're saying when you're out alone. Now, now you're behaving like true students. This is what I like to see. Prayer is the first step in getting the mind and the heart right. It's why you see me go to it so often. To teach us to pray like you do. Please. When we pray, we want to be sure to first start with acknowledging our Father in heaven and his greatness. So you can say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we always want to be sure to do God's will and not our own. So we say, your kingdom come, your will be done. Prayer is mental, verbal, or written communication with God the Father. In the name of Jesus the Son, with the assistance of the Holy Spirit. We're directing our prayers to the one that Jesus directed his prayers to. That's the Father. That you and I are bringing those prayers to him in the name of our high priest, our Savior, Jesus. So when we pray to him, we always pray in the name of your Son, Jesus. And in doing so, we are doing an equivalent by bringing Jesus' name to the Father, we are name dropping. We're just dropping the name of Jesus. And what that does is it's equivalent of Jesus going to the Father on our behalf and telling the Heavenly Father, do it for me. But it's also with the assistance of the Holy Spirit. I think you guys have already figured out that you desperately need God for everything. You're never going to make a marriage relationship work. You women are never going to figure out and be able to live with a man without God in your life. You're never going to be able to deal with a woman without God in your life. You're not going to be able to provide for a family in this economy. You can't keep the business open. You can show up for work every day, but you don't know how they're handling their resources. You don't know if you'll get a paycheck from that company a couple of months down the road. You need God for everything. You need safety and protection around your home. You can't stay up all night, make sure something doesn't catch on fire. You can't keep somebody from breaking into your home. There's too many things that you worry about that wouldn't matter how much you worry. You can't keep it from happening. You and I desperately need God. Here's what I'm saying. You know this, right? You don't have anything to do with outcome. You can make preparation. You can do everything you can possibly do. You can position yourself in the best way for the most positive outcome to happen. 
but you cannot predict outcome to anything that you're doing in your life. In other words, let me put it this way. You can till the ground, you can plant the seed, but you cannot make it rain. Now, I'd be in trouble if I was an atheist because I can't make it rain. I'd be in trouble if I was a humanist. If I was a secularist, I'd be in trouble because everything that I would do with them, the results would be on me. But I am not any of those things. I am a born-again child of the Almighty God. I am part of his kingdom and part of his family. And he loves me, and he wants to make my dreams come true, and he wants to partner with me. So even though I cannot make it rain, I know the rainmaker. And I can ask the rainmaker because here's the problem most people have. Most people wait for rain. God never said wait for rain. God said ask for it. He said, you don't have because you don't ask me. And if we want something from our Heavenly Father, the Bible says that we are to ask. If I'm going to miss out on anything in this life, it is not going to be because I failed to ask God. I am going to ask and continue to ask. Now, God may see, asking's on me. That's my job. God's will and whether he provides it and when he provides it's on him. And I have learned over the years that when God says no to me, it is never a rejection. It is always a redirection or a protection in my life. So we're not going to not have something in our life because we failed to ask. And here's what I hear a lot of people say, I don't want to bother God with that. Well, I do. I'm a very high-maintenance child of God. I will not be high-maintenance to anyone else other than God and my wife, but I am a very high-maintenance child of God. And Bible says that we are to ask for it. If you need rain in your life, if you need the right outcome, if you need something, God, to come through for you, then you must ask him to come through for you because some of you are still waiting on something that is completely out of your control. Take a look on the side screen. Prayer is now, watch this, is my invitation for his intervention in my situation. Prayer is my invitation for his intervention in my situation. You see, your father will not force himself on you. God is the ultimate expression of a gentleman. He will not force himself where he is not invited. He won't even force himself on you when it comes to salvation. He gave you a free will, let his son die for you, and then he says, choose him. But you don't have to choose him. You can decide not to. So if God will not force himself on you when it comes to salvation... God will also not force himself on you when it comes to you needing his help. If you want his help, you have to invite him into the situation that you are facing. Now take a look at this. This is important. Not only uh, does the Bible tell us that we're to ask, but the Bible tells us that this invitation, this invitation has to be given on a regular basis in situations. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 says this. Look, I stand at the door at knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, in other words, I'm not busting in the door. I'm here for you. I'm letting you know I'm here. I'm knocking at the door. But now you got to get up. you got to open the door. When you do, I'll come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. So prayer is an invitation for his intervention in my situation. But also look at this. Prayer is an indication that I got a revelation of my own limitation. <laughs> In other words, there's just stuff I can't do. There's stuff I can do, but there's stuff I can't do. This is me saying, God, I need you to put your super on my natural. 
I'll do my na- the natural. I'll do whatever I can do in the flesh. I can do some things, and I'll accomplish as much as I can possibly accomplish. But I know that it will not be enough if you don't add your grace to my grind. I need your favor in my life. There are times that I'm lonely, and I need you to put my name on somebody else's heart, and I don't know how and can't do that. I'm applying for a job, and there's 142 resumes on that guy's desk. I need you to move my resume to the top of that pile and make them like me and want me. And I can't do that. So what we're saying is that when we pray, we have no vision board. We have no strategic plan. We have no amount of hustle that will get you there. Sometimes it is God and only God that can make something happen for you. So prayer puts his super on your natural, his grace on your grind, and his help in your hustle. And it is so important that you cannot leave your prayer life at an elementary level. You cannot be praying elementary prayers when things are absolutely going to a level in this world in which you and I live that we've never experienced before. There is too much competition. There is too much backbiting. There is too much uh, uh, betrayal. There is too much deception. There's too much somebody going behind you, behind your back. There's too much. Co- there's too much things happening around you to where if you don't have God protecting you and God blessing you, things are not going to work out for you. Our government is too unpredictable. Our economy is too unreliable for you to have an elementary prayer life. There are certain things in your life you can let remain at elementary level, and maybe it not. Uh, affect you in an adverse way. But prayer is not one of those things. You've got to continue to increase your prayer. And this is what is so funny. I'll talk to people in the lobby all the time, and I'll, I'll, they'll tell me a story, or they'll say something to me, and I'll, I'll say, man, have you, how often do you pray? Oh, man, you know, I, I pray at a meal every once in a while. We try to remember to pray at meals. I, I try to pray at night. I'll, you know, I'll pray at night. Man, I'm not talking about that. This life is to a level to where we can't, now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul. No, no, no. That's elementary. I'm I'm not talking about two or three prayers that you repeat to God like Groundhog Day over and over again. I'm talking about an ongoing communication with God that goes to another level. I'm not talking about elementary. I'm not talking about middle school. I'm not talking about high school. I'm not talking about undergraduate. I'm talking mastery. I'm talking an absolute graduate program in the topic of your prayer life that is critical for you to be able to live the kind of life God wants you to live in this day and in this age. And the Apostle Paul gives us a 501, 601 level teaching on the topic of prayer. Are you ready for it? Are you sure? Because I'm going to shock you. Are you ready? It's in Ephesians chapter 6, it's in verse 18, here's the instructions. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, not some occasions, all occasions, with all kinds of prayer. Wait a minute, I thought there was only one kind of prayer, I thought prayer was prayer. No, there's many kinds of prayer because, watch, there's many kinds of issues and problems and sometimes this prayer doesn't work on that issue. Oh, that's Matthew 18 with the demonic person, right? So, so this prayer doesn't work for that. So you've got to have this prayer for that issue. I'll show you a couple in just a minute. And then he goes on to say, and request. 
S, plural. Now, we know there's many requests. I make all kinds of requests, and you can have as many as you want. There's no limit to it. And then he says, with this in mind, be alert. Keep your mind sharp. Don't be numbing and dumbing yourself with things that numb and dumb yourself, and you know what they are. Keep alert. He said, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. What? That, that sounds like a lot of praying. There's a lot of y'all out there. Now, wait a minute. What about me just praying for my people? How come I got to pray for all the Lord's people? I don't even know those people. But he said that I'm supposed to keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And my thought is, why can't all of them just pray for themselves? We'll pray for ourselves. No, did you see what he said? Okay, so that means if I'm going to do what he just said, I'm going to have to be praying all the time. My prayer life is now just not a meal and going to sleep and all that. Now my prayer life is in a constant communication with the Heavenly Father. And let me start with this. And pray in the Spirit. Remember when I said we allow the Holy Spirit to assist us in our prayers? There are two ways that the Holy Spirit assists us in our prayers. The first is called glossolia. Glossolia is the ability to allow the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit in you? Mm -hmm. To control you and to use your voice box without your understanding to communicate to the Father on your behalf. That stretches this little Baptist boy's mind, right? Because the Holy Spirit wasn't talked about in my church. And a prayer language was never mentioned, and I didn't understand it until I was in my 30s. And I was getting so beat up by the devil that I wanted any arsenal in my weaponry that I could possibly get to be able to be able to deal with the issues that were coming against me. Now, you go, well, Pastor, you're going to need to, you're going to, need to prove that. Well, great. Somebody had to prove it to me. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 says this, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So the first area where the Holy Spirit assists you is in what some people refer to as a prayer language, and Billy Graham had one. By the way, many, many of God's leaders across the country have one. Joyce Myers has a prayer language. And what it is is simply allowing the Holy Spirit. He can use any part of me he wants. But what he wants to use is sometimes when I don't know what to pray for, and I'll show you that in a minute, to use my voice box to communicate on my behalf outside my understanding to the Heavenly Father for me. That's one way. The second way the Holy Spirit assists you is by prompting you on what to pray for. Now watch this and who to pray for. Because sometimes you don't know a situation and the Holy Spirit will put a person on your mind. And listen, if you're, if you're driving down the road and, and the Holy Spirit says, pray for your mama, you pray for your mama right now. I don't know what's going on with my mama. It doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit prompted you. If you're on the treadmill and your kids are at school and the Holy Spirit prompts you to pray for your son or daughter, you stop right there and pray for your son or daughter, right? So what is he doing? He's assisting you on who to pray for or what to pray for. Now, there are different kinds of prayers for different kinds of problems. And let me give you just a couple until we run out of time. Here's the first one on the side screen. Praying for his presence, not just for his presence. Praying for his presence, not just for his presence. This is a request for him to not do anything for you. You're not asking him for anything or for him to do anything. 
You're simply asking him and inviting him to show up. You see, there are some situations you're going to find yourself in where a new car is not going to fix it or a new pair of shoes is not going to do anything for you. When you are in a downward spiral, emotional spiral, and you're being captured by sadness, when you are walking through a divorce situation or you're walking through a cemetery for the last time saying goodbye to a loved one that you'll never see again that you thought you'd do the rest of this life with, then you need his presence in your life. You need God to show up for you in such a way that he, you feel his hand walking you through that situation or through that season. Now you say, well, I thought God was everywhere. Yes, he is. And that's the omnipresence of God. I'm not talking about the omnipresence of God. Watch this. I can be in your house and you not experience me. If I'm not in the living room, you're in the living room, I'm in another bedroom, okay, you don't get me. You don't get my annoying self if I'm not in your presence. But if you get the manifest hooper, then you get me asking you to get me something to drink, you got a sandwich, you have any cheesecake in that fridge, you get all of it, right? Okay, that's the manifest presence. So it's possible to have God there, but not the manifest presence of God. When you ask for God's presence in a manifest way, then what you have is you have him literally holding your hand, walking through a cemetery. And later you're saying that was God. The letters were nice. The calls were nice. Appreciate the text messages. The person that threw their arm around me and cried with me, thank you for that. But it was God that took hold of my hand and walked me through that situation. Why? Because I asked him to. And I could not do it alone. There is a presence of God that brings about a comfort when we're going through downward emotional spirals that nothing else will fix. His presence over his presence. Here's another one. Praying just to say thank you. I'm not talking about just having a grateful heart here. You say, well, that's nice. It's kind of, you know, it's rude not to say thank you when somebody does something for you. We teach our kids that. Write a little thank you notes. Just do it. I'm not talking about that at all. This isn't something that's not that's you know rude if you don't do it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the power that comes from telling God thank you. And I'm not talking about just a grateful heart. I'm talking about about a prayer that says thank you, Father, for this house that I'm sleeping in. Thank you for this car that I'm driving. It hadn't broken down in a long time. Thank you for the job that I have that hadn't played out. Thank you for the promotion that I got. Thank you for keeping the kids safe at camp. Thank you for getting them there safe. Thank you for filling them with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for bringing them back here in a couple hours. Thank you so much that no spiders got on them when they were sleeping in their cabin. Because that's a big deal. I pray for that when I'm, you know, for a Thank you, Lord. That this did. What? Right? Why? Why are we thanking them? Because that's the promise of peace in your life. You say, well, I'm going through all kind of anxiety, all kind of turmoil. Here's the promise. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which passes all understanding. Well, I'm all filled with anxiety, and I don't know what I'm going to do, and everything's bad, and I'm getting worse. Wait a minute. Thanking him brings on an encore of God's blessings, but it does more than that. Thanking him brings peace to your mind. Say, Pastor, you understand that? No, I do not. But I know that's what God tells us to do. And when you will just stop and thank him for the things that he has put in your life, his peace that doesn't even make sense overwhelms your soul. Now, here's, here's, here's one more. And I didn't know how to really, I didn't know really how to say this. The word's intercession, but I didn't want to just throw a word at you. I'm talking to pray, praying to stand in the gap for somebody. Now, the verse told us that we are to keep praying for all of God's people. 
And this is praying to stand in the gap for somebody. And why do we do that? Because sometimes some person in our life can get in such a low place, they don't know how to pray themselves out of themselves. Sometimes a person can be in such a deep, dark pit that they, the Christian learning that they had in church, they forgot it. They don't know how to pull themselves up. They don't know what to do right now. And it's at those times that we stand in the gap between that which is evil and them, between that which is evil and a grandson or granddaughter that's gone away from the Lord. And we say, not today. I'm, stand, I'm calling them out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm standing between that which is trying to get to them and them. And I will stand here praying for my kid without prayer fatigue for the rest of my life if that's what it takes. I will pray for this marriage. I will pray for this mate. I will pray for this loved one. I will, pray. I will stand in the gap as long as I have to stand in the gap. And I'm not getting tired until finally they have enough strength that they can step around me and they can face that enemy again themselves with a stronger face than they ever had before. It's that Lazarus being dead spiritually, being dead and unable, and somebody praying for them and he comes back to life. It's that standing in the gap intercession for those that we love. And the Holy Spirit will put that person to your mind. I, uh, I'm a person that wakes up very early, so when I get here, I'm awake. When I get out of bed in the morning, 5.30, something like that, I got to sneak out of that bed. I got to sneak out of that bedroom quietly or my life is in danger. <laughs> to a woman who still stays up like a teenager, you know, late at night, and I'm an early morning person. She's a late night person, so I, I'm quiet. But let me tell you something. Man, when I get up, I get up, I get up early, and I get up chirpy, right? Well, I don't get up at 3.40 in the morning. But my phone got a text last week, 3.40 in the morning. Phone goes off, 3.40 in the morning. Stays right by my head. And, and I go, Anna goes, what, what? Is that your phone? I go, baby, I think that's your phone. She goes, no, no, it's your phone. So I look over at it, and I got a text message, and here's what the text message says. Are you at your office right now? <laughs> okay, I, 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 no. So I grabbed my phone, and I put a question mark, and it was from one of our, personnel, one of our staff guys here that's on campus operations. And uh, I said, no. I said, uh, question mark, no. And then I, I'm waking up, and I'm going, is everything okay? And he texts back, a motion detector went off inside of our building and the alarm's going off. And I said, okay. So I move into the living room and grab a place on the sofa. I'm texting back and forth with him. We're trying to feel, see if we need to dispatch police officers to come. Alarms are going off here in the buildings. Uh, but we were able to check the cameras and all the cameras here look just fine, no problem. And, and, and so he's on his way here. Now I'm having to think, I gotta keep this staff person safe, not letting them enter the building if there's any dangerous kind of situation. You know, making the call and when we call the cops out here and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm going back and forth on that. Everything looks fine. And it was false alarm. Uh, a ceiling fan blew a piece of paper off the desk, set off the interior motion. So it was nothing. But here's one point. While I'm sitting there on the sofa, that was, four, that was 340. At 3.50, a name comes to my mind. And that name is somebody that does not go to our church, was not involved in anything that I was dealing with in the moment with the whole building thing. And they live in another state. But that person's name came to my mind so strong, it was like, you're not really awake because of alarm. You're awake to pray for that person. And there was an urgency about it. 
Okay, I know nothing about the situation, so I begin to pray for that person. Lord, bless them. Lord, keep them safe. Lord, whatever's going on in their world right now. Lord, I pray that they're home. There's no problem. I pray no one's breaking in their house right now. Shut the door, Lord Jesus. I pray that no house would break, burn down. I pray. I pray to everything I can pray, everything I can think of, Lord. And I'm praying, praying, praying. But I don't know the situation, so I, I resort to praying in the Spirit. I allow the Holy Spirit to pray through me, to be able to use my voice box to communicate to the Father on whatever this situation is. Handle it, because I don't know you do it. I'm not doing it. Outside of my understanding, can't figure it out. Take over. And then I send that person an email message at 4.15 a.m. Now, I should have sent it to them in a text and woke them up like I was woken up, but I was nice. <laughs> email. Get it later. To let them know of the urgency I felt to pray for them. And they were prayed for. And then I went back to bed because I did my thing. Here's what I'm trying to say. When God puts a person on your mind and your heart, pray for them. That is intercessory prayer of you standing in the gap. And even though I know that some of you are absolutely as grandparents worn out, and this is what I tell people all the time. How's your prayer life? Well, it's okay. Why okay, child of God? Why okay? Why not 601 level? This is a serious world we live in with serious problems and an enemy that will destroy you in a heartbeat. Why is your prayer life still kindergarten level? Three little prayers you repeat all the time like Groundhog Day. Why? Salvation to you was not just a get out of hell free card. It was a relationship with God the Father. I don't know if you have people praying for you. Listen to me, please listen to me. I wanna look at somebody. I don't know if you have anybody praying for you right now but I am, and the pastors of our church are praying for you. I may not know you, each one of you by name. I, I don't have a good enough memory to keep my grandkids all separated, but I know your faces. I've seen you enough in the lobby to where every once in a while, every once in a while, one of your faces will go across my mind. I don't know why, but I'll immediately go, Lord, pray for them. I, their name, I'll look them up on Facebook, Lord, but I don't know their name right now, but would you pray for them, their business, their family life? I'll go through this community and one of you businessmen with a... One of you businessmen will... will drive by me and I'll see your company name on the side of your truck and I'll go, Lord, bless that man right there. He's providing for his family. Bless his business. As he gives bids out today, I pray that you would help him to give a good bid that would bring income into his family and we wouldn't shoot it so low that it cost his company money. Bless him, Father. I'll see one of you women wrestling your kids in the city market. Got one on a hip, one at a stroller, trying to grab, you know, a cart. Lord bless her. Her life is so busy. That's so tiring. I, I, listen, I'm not doing any of that. I get tired just looking at you doing it. Bless them. I, I don't really understand when a child of God tells me they don't pray a lot. You want to ramp your life up to a blessed and protected life? See, here's the thing. If God decides to do something for me or he doesn't do it for me, that's his business. 
My business is to talk to him about that. And so is yours. You got to go to work tomorrow? Pray first. You got an exam to take? Pray first. You going to fill out a resume for a new job? Pray first. It's not your last resort. It's your first go-to. Pray first. I'm worried about my son and my daughter. Pray about them. I have people tell me things in the lobby. I'm like, have you talked to God about that? Wait, 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 stop before you say you have. Have you talked to him about that much detail about that? No, I just give him the highlight. Why? Those of you that are single, if you're tired of being lonely, have you talked to God about, Father, I'm lonely. I'm lonely. I haven't gone on a date in four months, and the guy went on, he jerk. I'm just lonely. Would you bring... I want to go to Starbucks with somebody. I want to have an adult conversation that doesn't involve a four-year-old. Would you do that for me? You know, loneliness is, is epidemic in our country among all ages, all ages. Would you give, would you answer my prayer? That he's a gentleman. He doesn't come in where he's not invited. And he will help you where you think you can do it all yourself. Would you stand with me? I'm out of time. I could keep going, but oh my gosh. I just want to pray for you before we leave. Some of you are in a catch-22 right now. An impasse where you can't get through. You're stuck. And I'm telling you right now, it's too much you and not enough him. One second of his involvement overwhelms a lifetime of you sweating. You just got to ask him. He loves you. You can't make it rain, no, but you can throw up the bat signal. <laughs> Here he comes. Not like some cool car either, I'm talking. Here he comes. So would you bow your head with me for a minute? Let me just kind of read the room a second. Father, I'm praying for every person in this room that's lonely right now. I'm praying that you would melt their name to somebody's heart that would be good for them. You got, they got people in their life that's keeping good people out. You get those people out of their life, put the good people in. Give them a healthy goodbye to somebody so they can have a brand new start with somebody new. Enough's enough with that. And break that season of loneliness. In Jesus' name, I pray over the health of anyone in this room. Father, is dealing with health issues. They're seeing the doctor. They're taking the medication. None of that can heal them. They can treat it, but only you can heal. Only you can heal. Heal them in the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Give them favor, the people in this room that need favor right now in a situation where maybe their boss or a co-worker is stabbing them in the back. I pray for favor in them, their life right now. I pray that people will like them. Doesn't even make sense why they like them. I pray for doors to open wide that only you can open and shut doors that only you can shut. Because, Father, you're our rainmaker. We invite you and we acknowledge that you are limitless. So we begin right now a conversation that's going to continue with you for the rest of our life. In 
in Jesus' name. Unbothered, everybody. See y'all. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I'll ask you now to be my savior, to be my guide, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text heaven to 94,000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94,000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.